after we have gotten to a point of leaving fear behind and committed to serving God and the truth that we're walking in, we can often question our calling or purpose. How do we know we are in the sweet spot Jesus wants us? Hey, it's Billy. I'm glad you're here. On today's episode of Start Small, Believe Big, we're going to be learning about the last step in the five-step process of the Detox from Emotional Toxins series. Today is executing the plan to find peace and fulfillment in fear, overcoming fear, but more on that in a minute. First, I want to thank you for listening. All of the episodes of the podcast, my social links, books, and email are on my website, billyjouse.com. I'd love to hear from you. I believe when we begin to grow our faith with small steps while believing in our big God, we will be empowered to live out our calling and purpose one step, decision, and action at a time. Let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. This week, as I said, is week five of the five steps to detox from emotional toxins. Step five, execute the plan to find peace and fulfillment. And today we're focusing on fear, the last step in overcoming the emotional toxin of fear. Next week, we're going to begin the five-step detox of the emotional toxin of unbelief. One of the top three emotional toxins that I found when I was writing my book, Distraction Detox. After we do unbelief, the third one is shame, guilt. I know those are two emotional toxins, but when can you find shame without guilt and guilt without shame? Those two go hand in hand. So that's what we're going to be doing in the last five episodes of this series. I want to review the acrostic for detox that we're going through in this series. D-E-T-O-X, define, examine, terminate, outline a plan, execute the plan. Never let the barriers keep you from accepting what God wants to do in and through you. We began the series on fear, defining the fear that's holding you back. If you want to go back and listen to these episodes, define the fear is episode 291. Examine the feeling of fear is episode 292. Terminate the toxin by replacing deception with truth is 293. And outline the plan as we step out of that toxin of fear is 294. This week, we're going to be talking about executing the plan of overcoming the emotional toxin of fear. The first thing I want to encourage you to do is do it scared. I talked a little bit about that in 294, episode 294, but we have to, when outlining the plan and then definitely when executing the plan, we need to dream big and look for where it is God desires us to be. In executing it, we have to step out even if we're afraid. Now, that's not leaving living in the toxin of fear. It's leaving the toxin behind and living out where God is calling us. When faced with a decision to leave an impact for Jesus, there are three questions that lay out our strategy. What does it matter is number one. Asking this sets a direction of our decision. We've learned to take the the emotional toxin of fear captive and replace it with truth. 
capture the deception, leave it behind, replace it with God's truth. Connecting scripture always allows us to hear God's guidance and understand what matters. We don't always realize what's important until after the the fact of stepping into where God's calling it, uh, calling us. But if we're honest, we have a gut feeling. And I know people are like, oh, don't go on your gut. But I feel like my gut feeling when I'm in God's word and seeking his guidance is the Holy Spirit nudging me in one direction or another. But we have that gut feeling about what is best what is directing God's story in our life. Human opinion has no weight against the divine seal of what matters. It's God's mark, God's place, placing us in his best. God's plan and purpose work in and through our story and leave his fingerprints. So that's what matters. If it matters to God, It matters to us. The second question is, what does it mean? Does our strategy consider what it will mean to the Lord, to others, to us? What is the impact of where God is taking us? Now, I'm not saying that we need to know all these things before we step out, but we have to have an understanding that we are making an impact for Jesus that we are making an impact in others understanding God's love and glorifying Him. Be prepared to step out in faith. Many people talk about leaving a legacy so the world remembers them. What I want us to do is to understand and learn how to shape a life full of meaning so the world remembers Jesus working through us. With Jesus, our greatest days are ahead of us. They will not be perfect, but we can live it out in a peaceful way. No longer full of fear, but fulfilled in Him. It's hard to see meaning when we're in the middle of a situation, much like when we question if something matters, but knowing that we're doing it not in our power, but in His means a lot to God. What we do for him means his plan is in place. See the fruit in what God's asking us to do. We have his love, his mercy, the fruit of the spirit, the Holy Spirit living in and through us. We don't have to earn those. We just have to take that first step in understanding the meaning of what we're doing. It is all for Jesus. The third question is, what is my decision? After we evaluate what does it matter, what does it mean, we step into what is my decision. The only decision that we need to have is to say yes. Yes, Lord, choose Jesus or choose the thoughts that are stopping you to replace them with truth so that we can choose to step out of it. It's a lot of choices, but in the end, your decision is saying yes. Because when we say yes to him, it determines the course of our action. Even when we don't know exactly what God desires, we can take a step of faith, one small step. Move ahead boldly. We have boldness in Christ, like a lion's boldness. We proclaim his gospel and teach about Jesus with courageous confidence that courage 
and the confidence of what God can and will do in and through us. Focus on him. Listen to his gentle whisper or his booming voice if he's yelling at you, but apparently God doesn't yell at me. He just whispers. And I take a lot of steps in the direction that I think we should go. And he redirects our story, my story, with understanding and wisdom of him and puts me where it is he desires me to be. Decide the next step, overcoming the obstacles, the obstacle of fear. Leave it behind. Replace it with truth. Decide on that next step and commit to allowing God to control the outcome. His best. The scripture today is from Esther 4.14. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther, what a book. Go read it. As I say every time, don't just take Esther 4.14 and listen to it. Go and read the book of Esther. Go and read chapter 4 of Esther. The book of Esther begins with Queen Vashti's refusal to obey an order from her husband, uh, King Xerxes. And she was banished. And the search for a new queen began. Times were quite different, thank God. A decree was issued for all the beautiful young women to come into the empire, to, to come to the king. And Mordecai, Esther's older cousin, was a government official, and he suggested to Esther that she should be included. After the king considered all the women, he chose Esther and crowned her queen. Esther said yes, said yes to God to go into a place that she wasn't welcome. This wasn't a place that was beloved of the the Jewish culture, but she did. And she gained favor in the eyes of everyone that saw her. Mordecai encouraged her to keep her race quiet. There's a lot of discrimination at that time. Fear drove him, but God was at work in the choice. God is not specifically mentioned in the book of Esther, which is wild to me, because Mordecai and Esther throughout the book of Esther expected a divine deliverance that could only be delivered by God. The text may not say the name of God, but his fingerprints are all through that book. Esther and Mordecai believed in God's care, and because they acted at the right time, God used them to save his people. What I want you to understand is that we may not be in a situation that we think we have God's favor, but in taking that step of faith in believing in a divine deliverance, believing God is with us through it, we can go on to glorify God in amazing ways. God doesn't need you to do it for him. He desires you to do it for him. But if you don't, he will pick someone else. I've talked about this before. We cannot stop God's actions, but we can redirect them away from us receiving the blessings of serving God. Esther invited King Xerxes and Haman to a banquet where the king asked her what she really wanted, and he vowed to give her anything. So she said she'd think on it, basically, and invited them to a banquet the next day, back for a banquet. And later that night, when the king was reading over some records, he found the account of the assassination plot Mordecai had foiled and was surprised Mordecai had never been rewarded for his deeds. Go back and read this whole book. I'm skipping around to portions because I want to get to the, the point that we're trying to make here. The next morning, King Xerxes asked Haman what would be the proper way to thank a hero. Haman was 
not a good dude. Let me just tell you that. Haman thought the king was talking about him, self-centered. So he described a lavish reward. Shocked to learn that the king was actually talking about the hero being Mordecai. Haman was humiliated. During the second banquet, the king again asked Esther what she desired. She told him someone had plotted to destroy her and her people, and she named Haman as the offender. Immediately, King Xerxes sentenced Haman to death. Mordecai took over Haman's position, and the Jews were protected. Because of Esther's courageous act, not living in fear, a whole nation was saved. She saw an opportunity to act and she seized it. Her life made a difference, ordained by God, but acted upon by her. We have one lifetime, my friends, for God to work through us. We cannot stay silent. We cannot. We can embrace our royal position as a child of God, the one true king, and do his work. He's prepared a place in time an opportunity for us to achieve his best. He uses our circumstances, our sufferings, all the things that go on in our lives to leave his mark on history. We must leave the fear behind. We must take courage, choose to act and execute his plan, one step, decision, and action at a time. The strategy behind asking These three questions is to help leave his fingerprints, his legacy on our lives. Don't miss an opportunity to serve God because of drama, wrong choices, or negative thoughts and the fear overwhelming you. Our lives are stories in progress. Only God can provide the best plot line, even if it is rocky and unexpected. Today, unfortunately, could be our last chance to make a mark. We never know. We need to make an impact for God and make it good. Give Jesus the pen, the ability to guide your history. Create an existence written by God and acted on by you. What does it matter? What does it mean? And what is my decision? Move. Act. Leave his fingerprints along the way. Even after we have gotten to a point of leaving fear behind and committed to serving God and the truth that we're walking in, we can often question our calling or purpose. How do we know we are in the sweet spot Jesus wants us? There are three statements that can direct our calling and our service to the Lord in our communities. And I believe as we leave this fear behind, we can courageously and confidently step into these three statements. I can't, you can, I'm here. I can't. We are capable of doing many things when we put our mind to it, but nothing we can do on our own will bring peace and fulfillment the way it does when we come to a place of humility and realize that the work we are called to do is not to boast about us, but about him. He must become greater, I must become less, John 3.30. We are to point to and glorify the Messiah, just as John the Baptist did in John 3.30. Submission to the Lord shows our contentment with and gratitude for our role in God's greater plan. I can't. 
we execute our responsibility by humbling ourselves, giving over our control to the one who controls it all. That's true success. The second statement, you can. God can do all things. Jesus looked at the disciples and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. Jesus works all things for our good as believers in his will, in his desires, in his plan. Doesn't mean we're going to make a million dollars or run the world or whatever big thing it is we think. The big thing is glorifying God. If we stay the course where we are moving forward and allow the Holy Spirit's power to do God's work, then that's success. When we submit and accept that he has qualified us to be his tool to fulfill his plan on earth, we can turn it over to him, believing that he can do all things. The third statement, the final statement is, I'm here. This third statement gives God permission to use us. God is a gentleman. He will not force us to fulfill his plan and purpose. He patiently waits for us to give ourselves to him, to invite the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and pour out to others. Giving ourselves to the Lord's work takes commitment. We've talked about committing our walk to him, committing to wherever he takes us to do whatever he asks us. Yet yeah, scary, and it can make us a little fearful, but it's not so terrifying when we know the Lord is sovereign. Where will God send us? Exactly where he needs us. So be ready. Say yes before you know where you're going. Put your faith into play. Execute. I can't. You can. I'm here. Those three statements, committing our path to him. Put your faith in play, like I said. Step into one person's story one day at a time. Transformation and healing can happen in you and in others as you continue to work for the Lord with all your heart. And when I say work, I stumble on that because I don't want you to think that you have to work for salvation. You do not. That is given to you freely. But when I say work with all your heart, work for the Lord is it as if <laughs> work for man is if you're working for the Lord is putting your faith in action. Leave his fingerprints. Have fun serving him. The gospel frees us to take risks and not to worry as we do, not to fear the risks that we're taking to glorify God. We know we can't, but God can, and he will use us for his glory. Fulfilling God's call brings freedom, joy, and peace of mind. As you face each day, seek to know what God desires for you to do where you are, then do it. Confident that he will do his part. He will accomplish his will. Trust God. Prepare to be surprised by the way he demonstrates his trustworthiness through us, in us. Take care of today, one day at a time, executing the plan that God has called you into for such a time as this. Where is God calling you to be bold? That's what I want you to ask yourself. And then I want you to look at what does it matter? What does it mean? And what is your decision? 
Decide how you will act with boldness today, right now, where you are in whatever God is calling you to do. Then take that first step in faith. My challenge to you is how will you execute the calling God has placed on your life because he has placed a calling on your life. You were made for such a time as this. Go, do it. I thank you guys. I thank you for sticking around for the five episodes of overcoming the number one emotional toxin, fear. I pray that this podcast, I pray that the book, please go order the book. I've just topically hit certain points throughout the book through this detox, this five-step detox, getting rid of fear in our lives, overcoming the fear in our lives, finding the peace and fulfillment and the purpose that God's calling us into. Go buy the book so that you can read it in more depth and let me know what you think. Also, subscribe to the podcast, Start Small, Believe Big, wherever you listen so that you won't miss an episode. The next five episodes are going to be on unbelief. And then the following five episodes will be on shame and guilt. That's a hard one, isn't it? I look at the words and I think shame and guilt. Boy, that I'm worried what the Lord's going to ask me to do in that. <laughs> be transparent of the shame and guilt that I've carried over the years. But thank you, Lord, that I've overcome those. They still pop up. But I know how to take those thoughts captive and overcome them with truth. So also on the podcast, go and leave an honest review so that others can find it. And if you have a friend that you think the podcast may bless, please let them know. And remember, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on my website, all my social media, everything, email. Please get in contact with me. I love hearing your stories as much as I try to give you mine. I pray this podcast has encouraged you to allow Jesus to work in and through your life one step, decision, and action at a time. Thank you for joining me today on the Start Small, Believe Big podcast. I hope you're back next week for another episode of Start Small, Believe Big. Now, let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. Be blessed, my dear friends. Until next time.